Oh yeah, dudes. How's it going? Welcome back to the pod. Today you are in for an absolute treat because today's episode will be absolutely epic. This episode will be uh, a chat that I had uh, several months back with Sophia, a friend, an online friend I've made in the in the language learning community, and it's been really interesting going back and having to listen to this podcast while doing some editing and getting timestamps because this podcast episode happened something like six months ago. So actually listening to this podcast, it was like being a podcast listener of my own podcast because it had been so long since this episode was recorded. I'd forgotten a little bit about what we discussed. I remember the general topic and the general vibe and I remember that I found the conversation really enjoyable, but uh, I forgot some of the, the high level details. And listening back to it, I had the experience of being able to enjoy it as a listener. I'm listening to something Sophia said and even some things I said. And I'm like, damn, that's a cool idea. And um, you'll notice this at about the one hour mark. The, 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 the conversation hits another level where we start talking about some really interesting concepts like the confused identity that you can have as a language learner because you belong to so many different places and cultures, which means you belong to them all but you paradoxically, as a result, belong to none because, uh, well, I don't want to go too much into detail with it but uh, you, because you're going to be hearing about it later. But oh, we get into all of those kinds of juicy topics, all the, all the social topics which are linked with language learning and personality and culture and it's linked with languages and all those kinds of things. So at about the, at about the one hour mark, it really hits another level where we start talking about those identity questions and 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 things like that and we also start we start talking we start having like a meta conversation about the discussion where we are analyzing the conversation that we are having as a conversation between two multilingual individuals who are communicating with each other and we the conversation becomes a conversation about the conversation and uh it gets really interesting anyway so the first hour of the podcast is kind of getting to know Sophia and it's still it's still very interesting and definitely worth listening to, but it really it really takes off uh, towards the second hour, and then towards the end we just riff in French just for a bit of fun, and we have a conversation in French talking about uh, various things. So that's the that's the general vibe of today's episode. Um, if you want a high level high level description of exactly which topic is covered, you can go and have a look in the podcast description because every single topic which is covered and when we talk about it I've gone through and I've identified that so you, that when you're having a look at this podcast and seeing whether you want to have a listen you can go have a look at that and get a synopsis of the podcast but uh, uh, other than that uh, I don't have much else to say for the intro other than this was this was a very fun one and I'm sure that you'll find it enjoyable too so uh, let's get straight into it and happy listening. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm here joined with Sophia. Hi, hi everyone. We've just spent, yeah, nice to have you on. We've just spent like the last hour trying to sort out technical difficulties, which I think is just the way these things go over the internet. Yeah, the more you record, the more you learn. <laughs> yeah, I, I reckon, I don't reckon every, like almost every interview I watch over the internet, they're like, oh, we've just spent the last hour sorting out technical difficulties. So it seems to be a common thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so 
I want to give you the, I don't want to, I don't want to introduce you because I think you know you better than I know you. <laughs> so okay. I want to, I want to give you the opportunity to do a self-introduction, um, yeah. where you're from, where you grew up, what languages you grew up with and what languages you've learned, not just growing up, but over the course of coming to where you are now. Sure, sure. Uh, my pleasure. So uh, like I said, or you briefly introduced me to everyone, my name is Sophia. Um, I am from Miami. That's what I consider home. Uh, I grew up uh, in, a, in an interesting multicultural family, I would say, because my mom is Brazilian, my dad is American, and my stepdad is from Colombia. So I grew up surrounded with by three different languages, English, Spanish, and Portuguese. And as I grew up, I became enamored by the French language. Uh, so I decided to pick that up in high school. Uh, later on, as soon as I finished my degree, I decided I wanted to learn an Asian language. So I was between Thai and Mandarin Chinese. And when I thought about it, uh, for a little while, I decided that Mandarin would be the best option. And it and it sounds really nice. And the more I got to learn the language, the more I fallen in love with it. So um, I really am glad that I chose Mandarin Chinese. And uh, other than that, um, I my current job is working on italki. So I teach uh, all my languages. I don't teach Mandarin Chinese because I'm still learning it. I'm <laughs> very much still learning it. Uh, but I do teach all those four languages on italki. And I do also make videos on YouTube. I'm currently in the process of editing some new ones. I'm really excited to share with everyone just about you know the language learning process. And um, hopefully I can get some other languages. Right now I only have Mandarin Chinese, but I also want to include maybe some French, maybe some Portuguese, Spanish, etc. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> also, your I I'm watching your videos. They're just so so aesthetic. They're just so well really? filmed. Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> oh, you're gonna make me blush. Yeah, uh, if no, only legit. you knew. <laughs> if only you knew all the technical issues behind the. I can imagine <laughs> behind these videos. <laughs> no, we were talking about this before the camera starting started rolling today, but just yeah, video is hard. <laughs> yeah. But thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean <laughs> I try it. my best. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's really interesting. That's such an interesting language background. I, I mean, oftentimes you'll find someone grows up with a couple of languages in the household, but having that many, having three and then another one at high school, that's a lot mm -hmm. to be growing up with. When did you, what, how old were you when your stepdad started exposing you to Spanish what age was that I think I was around five when uh, my mom met him and I was around six when they got married so just from then on yeah, yeah. so that's that's still pretty young yeah I was pretty young and I, I think I also remember my mom had hired a Spanish nanny to take care of me while she was working in Miami so I think I, I still had some previous exposure but I, mm. I mean, the only thing I remember about that experience is her name. <laughs> her name is Begonia. That's it. That's all I remember from that. So <laughs> I would right. say the, the most impactful experience was my stepdad. Just, you know, because that became my family and my culture as well in some way. Right. 
So, so what does it actually look like when you're at home? Back, back in the day, back way back when, when back you were day. in, yeah, when you're in the house, the home environment, is it like your mum speaking Portuguese to you and your stepdad speaking Spanish to you, and you're speaking back in both? Did you like how? Uh, how what did it actually look like? You know what I mean? I can describe it to you. So, um. A lot of things have changed over the years. In the beginning, I would say uh, in my early years, it was definitely all mixed. Uh, my mom would speak to me in Portuguese and my grandma would speak to me in Spanish. And uh, But as time went on, um, uh, for reasons that I can explain, uh, for example, not for example, but my but my brother, he, we found out that he has autism. So we had to switch the main language of the household to English. Um, and we still had Spanish in the house and Portuguese. However, it kind of became separate uh, to that. So, uh, oh, so sorry. Can you, can you hear? Yeah, but it's can not a big hear? deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah don't okay. worry about it. Okay, you can cut this out. Okay, okay. No, nah, not even. I'll <laughs> leave it in. Totally chill. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> all yeah, right, yeah. All right. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so where, 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 where were you? Talk, you're talking about your, your your brother and you changed <laughs> the language of the household so that mm-hmm. it was English. This was uh, by the time I was around uh, in my teens, my teens probably, because uh, we discovered mm. that he had autism around the age of three. And so... While I continued speaking uh, Spanish to my grandma uh, and everyone, the so sorry. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Who's, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is your roommate uh, or your boyfriend no. or what? <laughs> boyfriend. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so sorry. funny. To the people who are listening to the podcast, we just saw a topless figure marauder into the picture. Classic, absolutely um, classic. Also, we're getting some of that classic hair frizz still. Oh yes, back. classic, classic. So sorry. Um, some Chinese in the background, Chinese and and French in the background. And French. All right, listen. We'll, yeah, my, 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 we'll get back to your home environment. We, I need, a, I need to follow up on this now. So what? what let me, so let me take a step what's, back. Let where, a step where are you living right now? You're living in Shanghai. Yes, yes, yes. And what is what is what is this chaotic environment? I'm loving this chaotic <laughs> energy right now. <laughs> chaotic energy. Okay. So um, right now I'm living in Shanghai, China. So uh, everything around me is Mandarin Chinese, but my boyfriend is French. So he was speaking French and then he had to answer the phone in Mandarin Chinese. So he was speaking Mandarin and there was someone at the door. So he had to go wow. over there and speak. <laughs> so your so boyfriend is my... French? Yes, but he speaks yes. Chinese as well. Oh yes, yes, yeah. So, but I would him? say he's still learning. Shanghai? No, in Paris. When I was living been... in Paris. Yes, which is yeah. <laughs> you were studying there and being an au pair there for a while, weren't you? Yes, yes. We've got oh, a lot of ground to cover. Room. So many stories to hear. I know. Oh, so anyway, <laughs> that is a current situation. Yeah, I don't even know where to pick up from again at this point. Well, I can I can go back because we okay. were talking about um, like early childhood. I would say mm. 
uh, my entire life, it was always Portuguese. Uh, like my mom would speak Portuguese to me and uh, we would always, I would always go to Brazil with her every summer because all of my family is there. My mom is the only one who moved away from Brazil. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So every summer we would go there. Um, I even lived with my grandma at one point because I was thinking about going to university. Like three months. Uh, uh, no, when I say every summer, I just mean like maybe a, a month or less oh. because it's what my mom could do at the time. Yeah. And uh, I did move in with my grandma at one point because I thought I was going to enter university. I did what's what's uh, called NA, which is the Brazilian version of the SAT. I don't know what you guys have in Australia, but it's like the college entry. Exam. College entry exam. I was just thinking, what do we have in Australia? And we <laughs> basically they use whatever you get a score as a result of what you've done with your high school diploma and then you don't have like an entrance exam you like have oh, your wow. exams and you get a score for your high school diploma and they use that oh wow yeah that's so different yeah uh, so oh, interesting. so you did you oh, did the equivalent of your sats in, yeah yes um, i don't know whether I in brazil know. in brazil okay because mm-hmm. you were thinking you might study yeah that was difficult hmm? is it because you were thinking you might study in brazil at that point yes i was thinking i was thinking about doing that i was trying to consider all my options and uh at the time i was living with my grandma and i was thinking oh maybe i could just move in with her but i ended up deciding to yes 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 Mm -hmm. so how old were you when you were living with your grandma 17 18 how long were you doing that for uh i was there for half a year so i was living there working where in brazil it's a, I don't know if you've know heard it. of the state. That's fine. The state is called Minas Gerais. Minas Gerais. Okay. It's kind of in the central south area of Brazil. I don't know if you know where Brasilia is. Brasilia is kind of like in the center. Yeah. Maybe okay. you've heard of another city called Belo Horizonte, like Beaga. See, I, I've heard of Brasilia, for example, but I couldn't tell you where it was. I've oh. I, I've known the names of a lot of cities because I play a I sometimes play a video game called Civ Five, <laughs> Civilization oh, Five. Yeah. It's a video game where oh, you are like, yeah. Anyway, you get to know the names of cities, but you don't know where they actually are. Anyway, oh. that's I'm I'm digressing. Okay, so that's cool. So you were in Minas Gerais, in the central Minas Gerais, mm-hmm. Minas Gerais in the central mm-hmm. southern kind of part of Brazil. Okay. Yes, we are known for our food <laughs> and the uh, just the farmland. Um, the mm. accent that I have in Brazil and that my family has is kind of like the country accent of okay. Brazil. So okay, cool. I get a lot of flack for that. I have a couple of Brazilian students and they're always making fun. <laughs> That's so good. Because <laughs> like, we have the country accent. <laughs> so. I'll, well, I'll, um, we'll, we'll listen to that later then. At sure, the end of yeah. the podcast, you, you can speak a bit of Portuguese. Yeah, yeah. I'll show you the difference between yeah. the country accent and the yeah, like yeah. the Paulo accent because it can. Oh, you be might as well different. do it now. Speak a bit of Portuguese now. I mean, we don't. We don't sure, yeah, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so I'll I'll tell you like um, there are words. Uh, I'll I'll just give you an example because I want you to see how the okay. accents can be different. Okay. So you have the word love which is similar to Spanish, it would be amor. But if I were saying it from in Minas, it would be amor. So the 
R kind of turns into the American R, oh. Amor. Mm -hmm. okay. But if you're from uh, Sao Paulo, it might sound a little closer uh, to like Amo, Amo. And it could even be, if you go to the north, it could sound a little bit like the French R. A little no bit, way. like Amour. Yeah. So no it really way. depends. It, it, yeah, it depends on where you're, where you're from. So Because Very cool. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Ye
So. Oh, I'm hearing the Chinese in the background. This is this is the that's the dream living in an environment where you're just constantly exposed to the language like that. That's sick. Yes, yes. Hopefully, you can go to France yourself. I mean, yeah, you can be. If, yeah, to the people who are listening or, or watching, yeah. I was just saying before the camera started rolling that I applied to go on exchange uh, to France, which obviously is going to be a little bit difficult because of the pandemic. But I want I applied to go in September this year. And, you know, I'm almost anticipating that's not going to happen. But, you know, but I'd be happy to I'm go. crossing. Yeah. Crossing my fingers. Well, the worst what, what, what city would it be Leon. if you could go? <gasps> oh, that's where my boyfriend's from. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Tell him that I if say. If you have any questions. No, nah, tell him that I say, wesh pedal. Wesh pedal. Oh, wesh pedal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wesh pedal. Oh, he has earbuds. Oh, no. Yeah, I'll tell him. I'll tell him. I'll tell him. Okay. He'll laugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's a classic, like, more Lyonnais. It's a, it's a, yeah. It's a very Lyonnais word. Lyonnais. So true. Word. <laughs> yeah. Lyonnais. Yeah. 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 Oh, Lyonnais the, I, I hear them say it all the time. He says it like, oh, wesh. Uh, like, uh, does he? All the time. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. 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 It's a good one. Yeah, yeah. It's a good one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, um, what did you say to me in Portuguese, uh, by the way? How are you? How are you today? I said, I said, I I'm miss gonna... you a lot. Ah, I was so off. Okay. I miss you a lot. So I can type to you how it would look, but no uh, one else will be able to. The full... uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to like. I don't want to dog the like Maybe listeners we'll put, and be like. We'll put like a t something on the screen that way people can see. Well, that's if they're watching on YouTube. If they're listening to the actual podcast, they'll be like, guys, uh, what are you doing? We can't see this. Oh. Just say it one more time oh, well. slowly, maybe. So that everyone okay. gets to join in um, on the fun. Okay, so I'll say the correct way. Estou com muito saudade de você. I miss you a lot. Okay. So the first word would kind of be similar to the Spanish word estoy. We okay. also have that in Brazilian Portuguese. Uh, I mean, Portugal Portuguese has this as well. It would be estou, I am. Mm -hmm. Estou com muito saudade. Saudade is one of these uh, famous Brazilian uh, buzzwords. Uh, like if you look it up on the internet, these untranslatable words, it's one of those that means um, like a nostalgic feeling of missing someone you know, you really, uh, you know, whether it be, you know, good or bad, like you're just missing them, right? So we use the word saudade, saudade. So what I said was, I, I miss you a lot. So isto com would be, I am with saudade. Like I, meaning você. I miss you. Com, uh, uh -huh, de você, of you. Of you. So I miss, I miss you it's, a lot. It's, story, it's, Esto. Or you could just say to because you can cut off the beginning and just say to. Okay. To. To. Muita. Muita. Saudade. Saudade. Uh huh. So it would be like an ao. Ao. Sao. Saudade. Saudade. Good. De você. De você. Okay. 
nice that's Ooh. enough portuguese for me yeah. i reckon <laughs> you have a good ear you have a really good ear honestly i think you could learn portuguese why because you already know french and english yeah i think french will help you a lot with it's on the hit uh, list. brazilian portuguese it's on the hit list mm-hmm. <laughs> you should totally go for it no i swear uh at least my portuguese helped me a lot with my french and i mm. think if you know french it will help you definitely with portuguese. definitely yeah, yeah. But for for the time being, my my heart is taken by Mandarin uh, Chinese. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's one for the future. Yeah. So definitely, definitely save it. Was that English or was that more Portuguese? What? The last word you said. Oh, I said yeah, save it. Like, oh save oh it, wow. This <laughs> <laughs> so is what happens when people are code switching in the conversation. I Sometimes know, I try I and process something. Through, through the wrong language filter and it just there's a I, sound i know exactly like what process you mean. through a certain language filter yeah. and there's no meaning which comes out because i've used the wrong lens i know exactly what you mean actually i can tell you a funny story uh so i told we we already spoke a little bit about my familial background you know uh I did grow up speaking, especially in my younger years, uh, just all the languages at once um, Mm. until, you know, later we had to switch a little bit um, to English, keeping Spanish and Portuguese a little bit at at a distance because my my younger siblings actually don't speak that much Portuguese or Spanish. I'm basically the the representative, (laughs) (laughs) if you will. I'm the representative of the family of, of our little household but um the funny story that i want to share is when i was about three years old um uh my aunt who is a speech pathologist would often take care of me and she noticed that i was doing something a little funny a little bizarre what i would do was um i would speak uh full sentences but with three different languages for example, just in one sentence, I would mix the different words in one sentence. Uh, so instead of saying, I don't know, like, mom, can you like pass me the salt? I'd be like, mama, like, can you pass me the sal or something, you know, like something yeah. mixed, something yes. mixed. And my, my aunt was like, this girl has a problem. What is wrong with this girl? <laughs> Does she have like mental issues? <laughs> no, but it ended, up, it ended up being okay. I'm okay. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it, but it's, I definitely think that in my early years, there, you know, I was just trying to figure out the easiest way to communicate with the people around me because I knew they could understand me. And mm. so as long as I knew that, I could just speak whatever way that I wanted to, you know? Yeah, totally. So. It's, I, I haven't read anything about this, but it's probably totally natural. Natural, natural is like a multilingual child to totally to mix all your languages up. It's probably mm. my intuition tells me it's probably something you don't want to actively try and prevent. I think it probably wouldn't be bad for development, but I don't nah. know. I've never read anything about this, so that'd be something interesting. Do you know it all? Have you done any reading about it? Uh, I still feel I have dabbled a little bit into reading about it, but I don't think I know enough to really give like concrete right. evidence as to you know the reasons behind it. However, I did recently follow this woman on instagram i i can give you oh what's her name her username is something like bilingual babies or bilingual raising a bilingual i love her instagram because when i look at her instagram i sort of try to 
analyze myself in my childhood while uh, you know reading her posts and then I also think it's a fantastic way to you know if you want to have a multilingual family how do you do that yeah. how do you ensure that the child is growing up you know do you do you, uh, do you want to have multilingual children oh absolutely yeah me too totally <laughs> you, too, you do too so what yeah. languages would you choose uh well so this is the thing if you had the I, choice because yes, like, the variable i try and, is I try the and pass on all of them but i'm not sure how many you can feasibly have yeah. feasibly do you know what i mean yeah i'm not sure i'm this is i probably by the time i got to the age where i was like i'm thinking i'm gonna have kids and i've kind of got a partner then i'd probably start doing research into it raising multilingual children mm. making sure that i'm not doing anything stupid and like hindering yeah. their development <laughs> by trying to like and I wouldn't want to yeah. force it. I wouldn't want to like force it and be like study languages. I'd want it to be like, like what you had, where Natural. it's just part of the environment and they don't even realize they're learning languages. They just like come out as a teenager and they're like, whoa, I speak four languages. Something yeah. Like and, um, That'd be sick. The, who is that? Um, oh, Richard. Richard uh, Simcott. Simcott. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, I hope I'm not butchering his last name. He is a great well. example. <laughs> he is a fantastic yeah. example of that. Yeah. I I've, I don't know Macedonian. that much. Macedonian. Is he? I thought he was yes, he speaks. He lives. Oh, his sp- wife is Macedonian and he speaks Macedonian with his kid. Uh, I, I think they have. He explained it. He has uh, daddy's language and mommy's language. So, ah. you know dad speaks to the kids in one language mom speaks to the kids in one language and then you have the external environmental language which might be a different uh, one yes I, I don't know which one that might be i don't remember quite exactly but oh so so yeah. cool very cool very cool mm. i was yeah, watching yeah. uh i think i was watching a ted talk once and it was uh someone speaking about i think it was a ted talk uh someone speaking speaking about growing up bilingual or multilingual and she was, I think it was a she, she said, um, you know, at a very young age, I figured it out, you know, because my dad spoke to me in one language, like, I don't know, maybe it was German and my mom spoke to me in another language, maybe it was French. And she, she's like, by a very young age, I, I figured it out. Men speak German and women <laughs> speak French. So whenever That's she so came, funny. yeah, whenever she met a stranger, she would choose the language with which she spoke no based way. on her yeah so that is that's, that's adorable funny. yeah that is so cute oh <laughs> that is a, that warms my heart that is the most pure such a thing. little kid thing to do as well you know what i mean when yes. you're like maybe like five or something you just like go up to a stranger uh, and assume they can speak a language because that's what your mom speaks or yeah. whatever yeah like women and men speak different languages i mean technically yes they do but not not that <laughs> not to that extent <laughs> not, not, yeah not literally yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting it's, it's really interesting for me in my case maybe i would just assume that everyone can understand me and i'll just be speaking nonsense like blah 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 oh you'd be I'm like just assuming three that people, language sentences yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah because my my mom would understand me no matter what i said my dad would understand me no matter what i said so i would probably go to people and be like blah 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 speaking my own language <laughs> do you have any memories of having to pull back on that where you, mm. do you have any memories of realizing that you couldn't just use whatever language you wanted in any context and mix liberally uh, honestly i feel like that 
I think it's too early of a memory for me to recall, to be right. honest. I can't, I can't remember that far back. Uh, but I mean, the thing, the only thing that I can remember is I would just switch, turn the switch. So if I'm at school, everyone would speak English. And then if I go to Brazil, then the moment I see my cousins, it's all Portuguese. Yeah. never english yeah things you... have changed now in my family though um like because of what i said um now my cousins uh especially the ones who are around my age uh while we will speak portuguese to each other they are more likely to speak english to my younger siblings so it's mm. it's a it's, it's become a little interesting it's become a little interesting yeah that Yeah, like yeah. I said, I I have to represent. I have to represent uh, the family. Right. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. But um, my my siblings are starting to learn Spanish in school. My sister can understand pretty much everything in Spanish. She just gets a little shy. I think maybe she feels a little, um, uh, maybe she feels a little pressured or maybe a little shy to speak. Maybe she doesn't want to get something wrong. I don't know. That's just yeah. what I think. I yeah. feel a little shy. You yeah. okay? I have I have two things, but I'll choose one to choose one yeah, thing yeah. and then come back to the other. Sure, um, sure, sure. Okay. Well, okay. The first the first one is um talking of like being shy. I remember way back when we first started chatting on Instagram, you told me a funny story about how you used to like when you were outside a bakery in France, you'd like be a little nervous to go in and like order something because you were like nervous about oh yeah oh i remember this yeah 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 i think that's totally good times yeah. <laughs> oh yeah it's normal i think honestly i i had to really think and get to the root of why i was feeling that way and once you get to the root i think you can solve that problem i mean being shy is not it's not a, an issue because it's very natural but of course if you um are so shy to the point that you don't open your mouth you will never improve that's the key you know the, the yeah. key to improving in a language is just speaking like no one cares if you make a mistake you know i made plenty of mistakes even in my own, own native language you know and that goes for all native speakers <laughs> mm. you know so once you realize that i mean i think it really uh It's, it's a really good feeling you're like oh you know i could just say whatever just try your best i think for me in my case i felt i had expectations of myself i think that's the main reason why i was so shy going to order funnel chocolate <laughs> <laughs> repeating the phrase in my head for everyone listening there's it's primordial debate between whether you call a pain au chocolat a pain au chocolat, pain au chocolat. A, a chocolate, <laughs> a, what do you call chocolate it in croissant. a chocolate croissant yeah probably chocolate croissant probably does the job whether you call a ch chocolate croissant a pain au chocolat or a chocolatine we have a yeah. similar thing here in australia in victoria most of us call chicken parma a chicken parma I, I don't even know the non-abbreviated version. It's Parmigiana. Chicken Parmesan? I think Parmigiana? We, yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> we just call it a Parma here. 
And I think when you go when you go to like New South Wales, which is a bit north, more people call it a palmy. It's like palmy oh. versus Palmer. And there's like this oh. huge like rivalry. It's exactly like pan chocolat and chocolatine. Really? Yeah. Why parm why parmi though? Like why parmi? I'm on I'm in the Palmer camp. I You're on the Palmer side. Why, why Palmy? It makes no <laughs> sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same with chocolatine. Why would you call chocolatine? Uh, doesn't sound doesn't sound you just grow up with it and then you just end up in that camp and you have no reason to defend it but you're like listen yeah, yeah. you also like have you no reason a... to defend yours <laughs> yeah exactly it's just something that you mm, there's no there's no real reason behind it you just go with the flow but honestly if you order a pan au chocolat you, you you already have an image in mind of what it is you know but you order chocolatine mm. you're like what what am what it what am i going to get right now what is it that I'm going to receive. Chocolatine sounds like one of those uh, oat, like soy milk uh, <laughs> yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. things. You know, like Ovaltine. Do you know what Ovaltine is? I know Ovaltinis. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Is that like a martini but with no, eggs? Is is <laughs> sometimes ate in primary school. Do you know Milo? Oh, no, this is again that... a very Aussie thing. Oval teenies were these little kind of pellets, which almost looked like pills, but they were like real, they were like cocoa chocolate little pellets that we you oh. know, like put in your mouth. That took a really long time to dissolve and you got all this cocoa chocolate taste for a long time. Oh, that sounds nice. Called them oval oh. teenies. Send me some. Send, send, send some over, I'll try it. <laughs> I haven't eaten them in 10 years. Wow. They're just a primary school but memory. I'll, I'll tell you what though, if, if you really want one, I'll find one and I'll send it. You can try it. I'm be, that can be my thank you for coming on the podcast. How's that sound? And in return, I'll send you a, a mooncake. <laughs> yeah, wow, a mooncake. By the time it gets here, it'll be all ma- all mank. <laughs> Those things are durable as heck. Those things will last. Mooncake is, it's mooncake season, isn't it? It's coming up to the spring festival in... Oh, China, I think moon, mooncake season is more uh, oh, autumn, autumn, mid-autumn yeah, yeah. festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I, I'm actually ashamed something... I got that wrong because I've been to China before and when I was in China, it was mooncake time. Oh, yeah. So it's, I'm ashamed I got that wrong. Mooncakes are so funny. No, it's fine. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even know what they're going to be doing for spring festival. I, I, The only things that I know are mooncake and then they also have oh, – I'm, so, I'm so terrible with names. They also have like a triangle-shaped – uh traditional meal that they eat around june during the dragon boat festival uh other than that i don't know i don't know i need to brush up on my chinese new year snacks and yeah food yeah. <laughs> to be honest yeah but you, you'd know honestly, better than me living there no but have you tried mooncake have you tried it before? yeah i've eaten it before but i ate yeah? it uh 10 years ago what did you think of it i don't remember i think i didn't mind it i think it was my most favorite thing in the world but from memory i what is it what does it even taste like i can't even remember you have the salty version you have the sweet version so you have i would have eaten kinds. the sweet version yeah definitely have, it's better have, yeah mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the salty one is they put meat and for me the concept of having meat in a cake is just something it doesn't make sense to me doesn't oh, make sense to have what, what about have meat a cake pies? 
meat pies are okay because it's you spicy. expect it to be salty. Okay. Okay. However, these salty mooncakes, it's like you might have a crab mooncake. I tried a crab mooncake, you know, crab meat mooncake. It's like when you when you look on the outside, it looks like it's a, it's going to taste sweet. You take a bite and then oh. you see the crab meat inside oh. and then it's just really confusing. <laughs> That's the only thing. My face uh, is all scrunched up at the, <laughs> the thought of it. That's the only, honestly, the majority of Chinese people would agree with me. They, most people don't like mooncake. They actually, they uh -uh. exchange it as a gift, but they don't necessarily enjoy it. Some people do. Like, like the sweet ones gifts. are kind of good. <laughs> no, yes, a lot of gifts. Just like pass on. You receive it like, oh, someone gave me a mooncake. All right, um, here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just pass on to the next person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like some sort of weird economy of mooncakes where like, yeah. There's currency that's constantly passed around, but it's like never like actually eaten. <laughs> never, moves. never ending. Yeah. And it's Funny. so, I don't know if you know, but mooncakes are very high in calories as well. That doesn't surprise me. Mm, I think the, the average, the normal mooncake would equate to a Big Mac. Okay. I think it's around 400 plus calories, if I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me on that. Okay. I think it's around that, so which chunky. is insane. Yeah, you eat one and you don't. You don't. You could just skip breakfast and lunch. Wow. Just wait till dinner. I thought that was small. Like yes, they had a yes, small. Yes, but That's they surprising. are. Yeah. Well, I love how much we're digressing. It's so good. This is what I want I the conversation to be like. I want it to be well, like this because I think it makes it more lively and authentic and fun to listen to. Mm. But um to bring it a little bit more to what yeah. i like had anticipated and what mm -hmm. i what i'm curious about clearly you've traveled a lot right like here you are you're in china you've been to brazil every summer when you were growing up and then for an extended period living with your grandma you went to france for a year um if i'm not mistaken being an au pair and studying at la sorbonne yeah, mm -hmm. I stalked you before before doing the podcast. <laughs> I like you stalked. I like me. went on your I, I went, like went on your iTalki and was like watching your intro video. Oh, you found my iTalki. Oh, great. Yeah, oh, uh, I watched your YouTube videos, read your Instagram posts. So like I I, I know I've I've I'm booked up. But oh. so you I want to I want to know like why you travel so much, but then also. Oh how how do you end up traveling like it seems like you haven't like hopped around and like gone to europe and done like a contiki tour around 500 countries and been there for like a day it seems more like you've gone to a place settled down for six months or a year really like so that's something which is interesting interesting to me that style of traveling so like i want to know mm -hmm. why you do that but then also how you get the idea of i'm going to go to this place and then you end up actually doing it like where does the where's the idea birthed from like where does it first come into your mind and then how do you go from kind of thinking about it to you actually end up in all of these places uh, well that's a fantastic question and i feel honored you know you did your research. You did my research. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, so I, hmm, I would say that for me, 
my idea of traveling is not necessarily backpacking, although I think backpacking can be a fantastic experience to see different countries, you know, especially if you're on a budget, right? Or maybe you don't have that much time. Uh, for me, however, I think the best way, at least my favorite way to get to know a culture is actually, you know, being there for an extended period of time. And I would say for me, this is a way, it's a very authentic way to learn the language because that's always one of my goals. When I decide to move to a place, it's primarily because I want to open my mind to the culture and the language and the experience of living there, you know? Um, because living in a place is not the same as being a tourist in a place. And mm. I think that I prefer the experience of being a local for mm. an extended period of time. So that is something that I really, really enjoy. Uh, as for where it, this idea came from, where, you know, the birth of this idea, yeah. I, uh, I suppose... Um, I've done quite a bit of traveling in the past and I think, I don't know, just seeing all the trends of backpacking and, and I've been the tourist before, so I know what it's like to be a tourist, but I, I kind of wanted something more uh, because I didn't feel like I was getting enough uh, experience wise from just three days or one week in a place. I didn't feel like it was enough for me. Plus, you know, there's the language goals. If you want to learn a language, mm -hmm. I don't think that two weeks is enough. I don't think that even one month is enough. Um, for me, I would even argue that one semester wouldn't be enough. Uh, in, in the past, you know, I was deciding, okay, should I go to this place for a semester or for a full year, you know? People thought I was crazy for going there for a full year. They thought that I was like Talking bonkers. About France. Like, thinking about France. About, yeah, exactly. I'm thinking about France in this case. Uh, because a lot of my friends were saying, oh, you just you can just go there for one semester. It's fine. Four months. And I was like, ah, but for the goal that I have, you know, I don't think four months would be enough. And I feel like, you know, the moment I get there, I'll blink and then it'll be time to go back. And actually one year felt like that. I felt like I blinked and then I had to oh, come no right way. back. <laughs> yeah. So for me, um, I know I really feel like it's a more authentic experience. And while I was in France, I did do some weekend trips, right? So I went to Sweden for one week and I went to Portugal for a weekend and it was fun, but I understood my place as as a, as a tourist you know I didn't feel like the authentic experience that I had in France is totally different mm. so yeah yeah that's so that yeah there's a big difference between being a tourist and traveling and becoming a local living there putting down roots for an extended period of time yeah, yeah I do it's, imagine it's I can't speak from experience because I haven't haven't been able to do that but Somehow it's I just kind of know my that. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'd want to do. I think. I think that's what would really yes. call me as well. I feel. Yes. Yeah. COVID has happened. Well, I want to preface what I'm about to say by being like, I have no no position to like be complaining or anything. Like, COVID could have has hit so many more people so much worse. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, mm -hmm. I'm gonna like express myself. Of like, course, of course. Yeah, COVID has like hit at like the worst time you know what i mean like i'm at the age where i'm 
kind of in the middle of university, but soon going to be like finishing university. Yeah. Right at the age where you're like, I want to go explore the world. And it's just mm. shocking timing because I think now would be the time where, like I said, I would go and exchange for an extended period mm-hmm. of time, put down roots mm-hmm. in a place and being able to be able to experience that. Yes. So it kind of sucks. But It sucks, but but here, look, look on the bright side. This is what I think. Uh, we have to shift the, of course, you have every right to, uh, you know, vent because it is yeah. frustrating and, and it, it has been a huge inconvenience for a lot of people. I know for me as well, you know, I would love to be traveling all around China, but um, I have stayed put in Shanghai because of the whole situation. It's safer, you know? So in your case, um, if let's say, you know, knock on wood, I hope you can be able to go to France. Um, but let's say the situation doesn't let up, borders are so closed. One thing uh, you could do is that this time during COVID, you can use this time to save money for that you know, and then Hmm. let's say you finish your degree. Okay. Well, you can always just go there on a gap year or go there for work experience, which honestly, in my opinion, will be far more valuable than being in the university. I mean, I, I, I do think that being in the university is a great experience in itself as well. But when you have, when you are doing things on your own time, when you're working, or if even if it's an internship, maybe you can find an internship, I think you will find that you have more free time, you could do more of what you want, explore, you know, on your own time. So this, this could be a good thing for you as well. I think either yeah. way, I think it will, you will find a way where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, and it might be like a sliding doors moment. This thing doesn't happen, so the other thing happens, which is also fantastic, yeah. you know. Maybe Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, I'm Hopefully. confident you're going to go there. No, you're going to go there. It's just a matter of when and mm. um how, you know, is it going to be through university or is it going to be on my own? Uh Yeah. 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 Although so, something which is I don't know, do you get to the point with with the language where you're like for example, with my French, I really feel like the only thing left for me to do is to go and live in a Francophone environment for an extended period of time because you can always improve your language skills and my French can be improved a lot just on my own. I still believe that, but I don't feel I don't feel the desire to put in the time and effort to get the incremental gains on my own when I'm not living in the environment. So, for example, mm-hmm. I'm happy for my French to be in maintenance mode until I get the opp- until I know I'm going to, let's say, France or I'm going to Quebec or something like that. And then the six mm-hmm. months before going there, I'll go ham, like I'll go really hard on it, imp- make all of those gains, and then when I'm there, keep immersing myself, and there'll be like this rebirth of my interaction with the language. But until then, it's kind of like. For example, I'd rather just keep going with my Chinese, which I'm really enjoying. You know what I mean? Do you ever get to that point with a with a language where you feel like you you got to you I, need some yes. rebirth to go to the place <laughs> or something like that? Yeah, I need to spice it up. <laughs> yeah, you need, to, you need to spice things up because <clears throat> maybe like exactly like you said, maybe you don't. Uh, I mean, motivation is there, however, it's not strong enough for you to continue on your own so by immersing yourself in the culture i i I think this will be that that boost that you need right Mm. and then 
just the fact that you're immersed <clears throat> in the culture, it'll be fantastic. I, I think um, for me personally, I had that exact same feeling when I, right before going to France, I felt like I didn't have the motivation to do things on my own. I felt like I kept hitting the brick wall, you know, like, <laughs> oh, I'm not improving it. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. And I was like, oh, okay, here's the solution. Let me just go. <laughs> Let me just move. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, and then that's when, that's when my French really improved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. So I think I, I totally understand where you're, where you're coming from. Well, sometimes you just need that you just need that immersive yeah. experience and then you can continue learning the other languages you know mandarin spanish uh, because your french is already to the level where you're not going to forget it if you don't yeah. use it for a month or two you're not going to forget it because it's um uh this polyglot lydia makova she uh made this great analogy during the polyglot gathering um she described learning a language as paddling on a boat i don't know which direction the boat is going i forget which way the direction is going but i know that you're trying to reach a destination and right. she she describes like once you have enough knowledge of the language you know normally the um the ocean tends to pull you back the more you paddle right the ocean will just naturally pull you back but if you paddle hard enough you can be close to shore or no i think you're trying to yeah you're trying to go somewhere in a direction you know what i mean so with your french I'm for example you've image. already paddled hard enough you you've already paddled hard enough now the ocean can no longer bring you back rather than up yeah I yeah see. exactly Paddle exactly. long so enough and maybe, hard enough and you start going exactly. downstream rather than paddling upstream exactly i would love to go back and look at her analogy because it's a fantastic analogy i really like that analogy so i always picture that so maybe for for you know mandarin and spanish maybe they need some more paddling but your french is okay you know you can wait until you go to france hmm. to continue paddling right for me i know that my mandarin needs more paddling Probably. and my italian especially so yeah. <laughs> needs every, way more my, everything needs paddling except french pretty much yeah i haven't yeah, done yeah, an yeah. active french study session in almost two years oh wow so it's been a long time I mean, yeah i haven't sat down maybe you... probably a year and a half i haven't done a sat down and done an active study session of french mm. so yeah. what do you normally do do you just like listen to content do you just chat with people yeah um sometimes i do literally nothing and i don't don't maintain it at all but uh at other time this is the thing when you've i almost think like if you've studied a language properly I use, I use the word loosely, properly. If you study a language properly, you're probably going to have studied the language in such a way that you've created, you've made that language a part of your life and you live some of your mm. life through that language. So you don't have mm. to really go out of your way to do maintenance. It's kind of naturally part of your routine. So mm. I will sometimes watch movies in French. I will listen to podcasts in French. I, when I'm trying to entertain myself, I'll try and do it through French rather than other languages. Nice sometimes chat with friends in French. Um, and recently I've joined a Toastmasters club from Quebec. Do you know Toastmasters? Yes. Yeah, because wow. everything's online. Oh. So I can do that, which is kind of cool. So I'm going to do that no as way. well. And that'll be every week. Other than that. Oh, that would be a good challenge. I like yeah. that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, 
What about you? Do you have to maintain your languages, do you find? Or are they just so? Um, I would say I do what you do, pretty much. I I honestly don't watch many American movies or TV series. So honestly, sometimes I'm like, am I... People talk about movies and I I draw a blank. I'm like, uh, I don't, I've never watched this because I'm always watching foreign movies. So I'll watch like a French movie or I watch French YouTubers, you know, yeah, like skincare yeah. YouTubers. I love those, right. <laughs> uh, things like this. Um, and same thing with uh, Portuguese or Spanish. I just make sure that, you know, I'm just like listening to something or I have books as well that I'll read sometimes. So mm. Nothing intense, but, you know, just just like what you do, essentially, just reading, keeping up with it, uh, yeah. speaking with family or friends, things like that. Yeah. Well, the, this also makes me curious, how, how much of your languages are kind of naturally acquired from when you were, when you were young? Like what, what portion of it, like... You were, you were exposed to a lot of languages when you were young, but did you have to kind of top any of them up with active study and kind of trying to get some sort of education oh. in the language? Or, mm -hmm. And uh, then also also attached to that, do you find that your proficiency in these languages are quite equal? Are you a balanced bilingual or multilingual or is there quite a lot of variation? Mm, I would say, so for the first question, I would say... Um, Portuguese Portuguese is interesting. I never took Portuguese classes, but I know that when I was growing up, my mom would give me maybe Portuguese workbooks, you know, for kids because that's what my cousins were doing. And every time I would go to Brazil, I would go to my cousin's school. So I would be like ah. the the exchange student just like going to school this is something I loved it because I loved school my sister however didn't like it she's like no you can't make me go to school <laughs> my sister she's like no it's so boring and for me when I was little I was like yeah let's go to school yeah. <laughs> so I was that was pretty easy for my mom uh so she would give me notebooks to study but um I never took classes for that um I did prepare for the ending, like studying by myself, you know, getting books, but nothing this like is the SAT classes. equivalent. Yeah, the SAT equivalent. Um, Spanish, however, I took Spanish uh, all throughout school. So uh, because mm. I was living in Miami, you can start learning Spanish from kindergarten, which is, you know, the first year that you enter school in elementary school. And I took Spanish all the way until I graduated. And I also took I took French and Spanish at the same time at one point um, in high school. Can you imagine so, Don't, yeah, hey, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Okay. You can get him later. <laughs> yeah. He's working next door, yeah. you know, because everything's working online. So he's in the office yeah, next door. I'm worry. in my bedroom. <laughs> I'm sure the audience will understand. <laughs> I, I I almost reckon some of the best like golden eras of content creators is when they're still in their bedroom you know what I mean like yes. there's something so nice about someone who's just so green and fresh that their studio is their bedroom my bed's right there <laughs> oh so this is this is your 
your i thought it was an office no. actually no it's oh. camera strategically placed so that you're not like seeing my messy bed etc <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm in my kitchen as you as you can see. Well, the that audience is, listening to the podcast cannot see. However, I am currently in my kitchen. You can see I my can door. see a microwave. My microwave. Yeah. And my microwaveable oven. <laughs> <laughs> That's and a kettle. I got everything and my kettle. Yes. Hey, so <laughs> all very important. Speaking about learning Spanish at school, if you grew up in Miami and you didn't speak Spanish, would that be a serious problem? Because there's just so many Hispanophones there. Mm. That's a really good question. In my opinion, I think it would be a problem, but you could always get away with, you know, not speaking Spanish. But I think that Spanish is such a huge part of Miami culture that I think it's pretty imperative for you to learn Spanish in Miami to at least know some mm -hmm. basic things because, you know, you go to the supermarket next to my alma mater, uh, FIU, uh, you go to the supermarket and all the ladies at checkout will speak to you in Spanish. Even if you huh. respond in English, they will just assume that you can understand. They, they assume that your parents are from some, some Latin American country. So they'll just continue speaking to you no way. in Spanish. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you, so if you didn't know it, you'd have to say, sorry, I don't speak Spanish. Like every time you wanted to buy groceries. They'd be like, yeah, we're like, we're like, uh, sorry, I don't, what, sorry, what, I, I don't understand, sorry, what, uh, and then maybe right. even then they would, they would not, <laughs> they would just continue. <laughs> I mean, this is not for all supermarkets, but this is, I'm giving the example of the supermarket across the street from my university because that is true. <laughs> that is that's, true. That's interesting, like, actually. Mm, yeah, my dad, for example, right, so my dad, I, I told you, FIU, FIU, Florida International University. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that. Campus <laughs> represent. <laughs> represent. Um, <laughs> so I, I think you can get away with speaking English in Miami because it's still the U.S., right? My dad is uh, American, but after having lived in Miami for, I don't know how many years, 20 years, he knows some Spanish. I mean, he also knows uh, a little bit of Portuguese as well, but like his Spanish is good because he lives in Miami. Yeah. So he, he was kind of forced to learn. I feel like a lot of people, if you're in an environment where there's another language which is used in that environment, you're going to get a little bit of an urge to at least kind of investigate the language a little bit. Yes, yes. At least a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, and if you're like but it's of our kin, you're probably going to not only be a little bit interested, you're going to be like, I have to learn this language. Let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I do think that we have some schools that are all Spanish if I'm not mistaken my mom wanted oh. to enroll me in a, she wanted to enroll me in some Spanish Portuguese English program when I was younger uh it ended up not happening because of my my parents um like divorce issues but <laughs> but that would have yeah. been cool um anyway when you're driving in Miami you can see a whole bunch of things are written in Spanish so mm. that's when you know you're you're in Miami. Miami is a very cool. special place. Very different. That is very yeah. cool. The billboards are in Spanish, you know, Spanish and English, bilingual. Wow. It's really cool. Yeah. I feel bad for people who study abroad in Miami because they think that they they're going to get English. <laughs> like, what is this? This isn't that they come there like with their C2 certificate in, the, in English. They're like, oh my God, native speaks so much, so differently to the textbooks. 
me Mao Tse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know I met a lot of Chinese exchange students and I'm like, um, some of them actually started learning Spanish because their English is already pretty good. So they just, you know, hey, I'll just pick up this third language. Why not? Which is fantastic. Uh, but it's so funny to see people's reaction because some people don't know. And they also, um, uh, we also have the Miami accent, which is English, but it's obvious that you come from a Spanish-speaking country. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you it's have like it? A little accent. I don't have it. Although my, I, I think my aunt would tell me that I have some sort of accent. I, I remember sitting down in Chicago one day at some dinner with my dad's side of the family, which is American, and they had some friends. And this one lady, I think in her. 40s or 50s looks at me and she says where are you from <laughs> wait this is in this is here. in the states this was in in the states and i was baffled i was like i am uh, american <laughs> like you but you know i have family from brazil and and colombia and then she's like yeah because the way you speak is different and i'm like my English? So she, I don't know what she heard, wow. but I don't think that I have, I know that I don't have the Miami accent because I have friends who have a very strong accent. However, maybe the people who are listening to the podcast will disagree. If, if I have some sort of mm. accent, I would like to know. <laughs> Please tell me now. Yeah. But uh, I think that I have a standard American accent. Okay. That's what hey, I would here's, say. Here's an interesting question. How does it make you feel when someone from the States asks you where you're from? Because I have a follow-up thing. Like, how does that make you feel? Confused. <laughs> right. Just confused. I, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, make me angry. It doesn't make me sad. It just, it's just a little, it just throws me off because it's something okay. that I would not expect people to say. Because I'm okay. just like, yeah, I'm. I fit in. I just assume that I am fitting in. I don't. Yeah. I don't think that I. I stand out. Yeah. So when they say that, I'm like, well, really? Yeah. Because I think I think people don't realize how much accent isn't just a phonetic thing. Like in terms of in terms of linguistics, it's not just a purely phonetic thing, but it's also a socio linguistic thing where your accent is a marker <laughs> of social identity and so mm -hmm. if you've grown if you've grown up in the states for example i was curious i was curious to see how that made you feel because i wouldn't be at all surprised if like having grown up in the states when someone's like where are you from it's what's well, surprising but like if that happened all the time i imagine it'd be a little bit i don't know even a you feel like an outsider exactly and that's what accent but is I... yes yes it's a marker but i wouldn't say from. Mm, I know, and I totally agree with that. I mm. think that, but it's funny because the accent, uh, the accent, the U.S. has so many accents. We have a yeah. myriad of different accents, mm. right? Um, so I guess when people say like, "Where are you from?" Perhaps they could also mean the state. In the states, um, yeah. But I, I can tell that I don't know what she was referring to, but she was <laughs> trying to make it clear that you know. Oh, it sounded weird. First of all, I look different. I was the only person at the table who wasn't blonde. <laughs> and, <You're right. laughs> and and I didn't have blue eyes, so I was automatic which is it's interesting. It's interesting. Right. But I'm used to being I'm used to blending in. 
So yeah. the fact that I was different was interesting. <laughs> it was different. Particularly and if you I, don't, I don't have accented have... Portuguese, for example, or you have your regional accent. You blend it when you go to Port Portugal. Uh, not Portugal. When you go to hey. Brazil, right? If you're in that, if you're in that region, and you. Oh, sorry. Is there a continue, continue. dog? <laughs> I don't know who keeps knocking. <laughs> um, yes. Um, go continue. Well, if, you, if, if when you go to Brazil, you you blend in as well. Like you're not even standing out there because you're speaking with the same accent as the people who are living there. Mm. Or, I mean, or do you have accent? Yes people? and no. Yes, yes and no. Yes and no. So this is kind of like my <laughs> my existential crisis. <laughs> They're touching upon this, my identity crisis. Uh, so it's interesting because when this is why I consider Miami my home because Miami is just filled with different international people that mm. you just assume you're a blend of something, right? Like, mm. oh, my parent is from. Tunisia and my mom is from France right so there's always like different different types of nationalities and identities in Miami I think this goes for any international city uh, so when I go to places like Ohio right which is where my dad is from I feel the last person different. even I had on the podcast uh -huh. if I'm not recalling incorrectly he said he was from Ohio Ohio really oh I like Ohio I like the the, the dairy farm I think that's it. No, no, state. No, dairy farm. I don't know. They have good malts. Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, I don't know. When I'm I go Australian. there, <laughs> when I when I go there, I, I feel a little bit uh, not like a complete outsider, but I know it's a little different than what I'm used to. Same when mm -hmm. I moved to Texas because I went to high school in Texas. Um, ah. It was also a little different. Mm -hmm. So. I, that's why I went back to Miami after graduating high school because uh, I home. felt like Miami was more, yeah, more like home. And right. when I'm in Brazil, um, usually, uh, and I remember like all the times I was there, I mean, when I'm with my family, it's normal. When I'm meeting other people, they don't, they don't think that I'm from a different place. Um, but like uh, in sometimes in Brazil, they yeah, think yeah. You're from Brazil. Um, but when I tell people like, oh, I'm American, Brazilian, like I've, I've lived for a long time in the U.S., um, then they're like, wow, you know, I would have thought that you were Brazilian and then like, like only Brazilian. I'm like, no, 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 like I'm, I'm American and Brazilian. Both. But then sometimes, mm. but sometimes I feel like I'm, uh, when I say that, then um, to some people, then it's like, I'm, I'm different. So it's like, I'm not 100% Brazilian. I'm not 100% American. It's like an in-between yeah Malcolm. yeah that's interesting because to be able to pass for a native it's not just it's, first of all you need to have native or native like proficiency in the language to the yeah. all the way th at every sign every level like you need to be able to speak correctly by correctly i mean like a native but then also your accent yeah has which to be native which doesn't always mean correctly yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what i <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's why i'm yeah, yeah. careful with my wording um but yeah, then yeah. also you need to be able to pick up on all of the cultural things because if you're missing yeah. all the cultural references and you don't under, for example if people are talking about what is it, what's the equivalent of the SATs ending and e n e m ending it's like e n 
and then so it's gonna sound like um kind of like if i were to make it sound like english the english spelling would be like uh like the letter n n and then ang a n g ending and then oh good ending and then okay so for example if people were talking about that and you didn't know what they were talking about because you hadn't been you hadn't been in brazil for four years and that's the time yeah. when people are going through that experience and you just miss that yeah. cultural that period which is kind of a shared cultural experience and a rite of passage for like people who are growing yeah. up in brazil five years later when you're maybe having a conversation and people for whatever reason are kind of reminiscing about those days if you miss if you if you if you miss that experience yeah your language mm-hmm. your language isn't sig- signaling that you're not a native but yeah, yeah there's yeah. something there which says you're not from the place yeah yeah which which honestly i feel that way about uh both brazilian and american culture uh, it's so frustrating i feel like if you're not if you are somewhat of a mix it's like at least in my opinion i'm not one thing there for there are also american things that i miss out on american culture that like there are movies that i haven't seen that everyone has seen or there mm. are you know things that people have done that i haven't done versus in brazil same thing there are uh, places that some people have gone to that i haven't gone to right or some things that i don't know that they experienced that i wasn't there for because i was maybe in the u.s or i was in france or i was yeah. you know i'm in china like what yeah. you just said right now um like when it came to my childhood all the way up um like i have that shared experience but then when it comes to um maybe like i haven't been in the u.s for almost two years and i haven't been in brazil for like four years as well so i feel like i'm missing out right now yeah at this at this moment in time but it's because i'm when you focus on one thing you can't do everything at once yeah. you, you can't you can't be all cultures at once so you you just have to pick and choose and for me like i i've made peace with that like i i might not know everything or might not feel like 100 one thing but it's okay if i just pick and choose what i want to be <laughs> it's it's the poly it's the polyglot dilemma filtered all the way down to identity from because language and identity are so intricately linked language culture and identity are so intricately linked even just even just ignoring the the language that's the ramifications of being a multi multilingual and what i mean by multi this is like this is what I view true language acquisition as being because you can dabble in a language and you can be able to say some things and have some rudimentary conversation in the language, but you're not really you haven't really acquired that language if you haven't gone to the point where there's something about your identity which has somewhat been modified and some your kind of work I don't even know how to articulate it, but I'm no it, it makes total sense you have to because language is culture and culture is language and so if you want to properly be at least whatever i don't even want to get into the definition of like proficient or fluent but if you want to be able to utilize a language uh, and be able to communicate with native speakers you have to have some sort of knowledge on the culture itself which means you sort of need to absorb it in some sort of way so 
at least if you are absorbing multiple cultures, you're obviously going to miss out on other aspects as well. So uh, I, I feel like this is very similar to like the gen, are you going to be a generalist or are you going to be a specialist? Are you going to be like 100% Australian or 100% American? Or are you going to be like 20% Chinese and like, you know what I mean? It's like you're absorbing the different cultures you're trying and you, you try to make it something of your own, I think as well. I mean, uh, having lived in France for one year, I, I do think that I've absorbed some French things as well, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Do, you, do you ever feel like a little bit of a, a double agent? Where like, do you ever feel like, uh, this is when I, when people talk about having different personalities in languages, mm. I I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily f feel like it goes to the f full extent of having a different personality. But what I think, some, something which I think is related to this, which I do kind of f feel and experience is when you're speaking with someone who, for example, for example, if you're speaking with someone who only speaks English, um, but you, for example, might speak English, Portuguese, French, Spanish to like super high levels of proficiency where to the point where they become a part of you when you're interacting mm. with that person so much so so much of what communicating is is kind of relating at a cultural level and if mm. you can only if if you can only interact with that other person using that one cultural channel which is English or that one linguistic linguistic channel which is English where you've actually learned how to interact through other linguistic channels, like with Portuguese, Spanish, um, and French, for example, it's not so much like your personality is different, but kind of one of your, one of your tools of relating, which you're very used to and are very competent in using is just not something which you can access in that specific moment. Like you might make, th th there might be something which would happen, which makes you think of something which comes to mind but it's from a different cultural world so you can't make that reference because they're not oh, going to get it yeah so there's a part oh, of you which sense. you can't share with the person because they're not going to get oh, it. oh yes 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 oh gosh penny's drop you just hit the nail on the head i'm getting i'm getting <laughs> chills i'm getting chills wow <laughs> that is so true wow I, I think that's it right I feel that way all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Took me so long to articulate that, but I think I think wow. I think that does the job. Like wow, yes. Do you feel things... that way? Sometimes? I definitely wouldn't feel that way to the same extent you do. But it does I I thoroughly enjoy being able to interact with people who are English French bilinguals. Mm. For example. Yes, yes. Because yes, if definitely. I but and something really interesting happened the other day where I was chatting with someone who is an English French bilingual and grew up in Australia, but he only ever spoke to his mum in French. So he didn't understand wow. this he didn't necessarily understand all the slang and all of the cultural references, which was something I found mm. fascinating because here's someone who's got this fantastic ability in French, but 
in a sense, maybe there was that same kind of, maybe I wasn't able to make a certain reference because it wouldn't land because it was too, it was too culturally linked to France. Ah, I see. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For example, Mm -hmm. we, I take great pleasure out of greeting people with Wesh Pedal. You know what I mean? When they're from Lyon, you (laughs) know, right? So (laughs) if, if you can't greet someone like that, it's not, it's not so much like you can't communicate with them. It's just one of your kind of, Maybe that's cards or links. It's like the channel you're trying to. One of your communication links is blocked. Yeah, and that's yeah. maybe you know that's a way of making a joke when you're opening the conversation, and they go, "Oh, this person knows a little bit about Leon, clearly." Like, how do you know that word or something like yeah, that? Yeah, and then exactly. all of a sudden you're opening up this dialogue and you're finding your common ground. But mm-hmm. sometimes. Sometimes the common ground's not there because you're speaking with someone who doesn't speak that language. That's yeah, that's what yeah. that's what I that's that's where that's what I feel like the whole personality thing is. You get certain you you get certain opportunities at certain at some different humor when you're speaking a different when you've acquired a different language. Because it's diff- what the tools that you have in exactly. your toolbox allow you to create that connection it's what you have for example my the french toolbox will be different from the english toolbox which will be different from the spanish toolbox so that's why you're able to show or highlight different personalities based on those tools and i think that's why people would say oh you have different personalities when you speak a different language um I would say, uh, like, I have a student, she's Brazilian, her English English is fantastic, but she often tells me, you know, Sophia, I often feel like I'm funnier in Portuguese. So she's like, I think, um, yeah, I just think that I'm able to be wittier, and I can crack more jokes. Mm. And I feel like that. And so that's why she wants to improve her English. So she can be able to, Mm. you know, express herself in ways that she normally would in her native language. Well, humor is one, I think, a fascinating thing in language proficiency because, Mm -hmm. for example, in her case, it might be that she actually needs her. You said her English is fantastic, but just because humor is so difficult and there are things like puns and plays Mm -hmm. on play, play on words, etc. It might be that she actually needs to increase her English proficiency. But even if you had a native like native like proficiency purely the language level if you don't have the kind of cultural acquisition which accompanies that mm-hmm. your jokes won't mm-hmm. land exactly exactly which is why i think honestly the internet is a beautiful thing that we have because if you YouTubers. Um, yes oh youtubers God. um yeah it's easy to expose yourself to the culture in that way and i think a lot of the humor that that is uh, created now. <laughs> is that your throat? <laughs> oh, after drinking some water. <laughs> <laughs> that happens like, to me that? as well. <laughs> Don't worry, that happens to me as well. Um, I would say that a lot of the new humor, a lot of the new slang, the new jokes are all internet-based. Like uh, ah. the most recent slang uh, I taught to one of my students the other day is like, have you ever seen on Instagram, like it's the dot, dot, dot for me? Like it's the, I don't know, it's the... Oh God, this is, you're, t- you're, like, about, you're sharing some English cultural 
meme with me, which I'm, I haven't acquired. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen it? Okay, it's okay, don't worry if you haven't seen Like, it's the, and then you fill in the blank, and then it's for me. Template. So, for example, it's a More meme, yeah. There are a lot of memes because of the internet which creates mm. you know like more humor to work with right yeah, yeah, so yeah. um like i think this was created on tiktok i don't have tiktok but i think it's from tiktok and for example if we're talking about uh, donald trump or something you can say like oh it's the 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 wig for me <laughs> it's like the ah. <laughs> like, like something that stands out to you something that stands out to you you're like oh it's it it's could be a, a negative thing like you're like you're roasting someone or it could be a positive thing it's like what you does it for them. you yeah you know what i mean yeah it's the wig yeah. which does it for me kind of thing but you don't need to yeah, does and it this... for me it's the something exactly exactly i had i had yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so it's the Da, da, now, da, here's, here's something I want to underline for people people listening to this podcast. This is what immersion in the language and interaction with the language is at its most fundamental level. I, being a native speaker of English, was not aware of this, right? But when you live your life and have all of your conversations in a certain language and give yourself the opportunity to be exposed to language, you're constantly updating your operating system as a native speaker. For example, right here, there's something I didn't know, but now I know, which I've been exposed to via having a conversation in English. There mm -hmm. are other, you know, like when people use the word tea to talk about like gossip. Yeah. Well, I distinctly remember the first time someone used the word tea metaphorically to mean gossip and i didn't get it because i was interpreting it literally oh <laughs> right right and so give me the tea you're like what tea what tea exactly do I have to give? that's exactly what it was like she was like oh i'm gonna give you the tea i'm like i don't like tea <laughs> she's like what <laughs> give me coffee instead yeah Just yeah so what she's really saying is she's gonna give me some gossip or something and this is the this is the thing about I suppose this comes back to the having a having a um a channel through which to communicate. When you have that slang word mm -hmm. and you're speaking with another speaker, you assume they know it, right? But sometimes there are times when the other person doesn't know it and you have to fill them in mm -hmm. and bring them up to speed. But the distinction between a native speaker and a non-native speaker I think is um the ease with which they can pick up on it. They hear it once and mm -hmm. they've got it. And then the mm -hmm. second thing is probably um, the frequency with, with which something like that occurs. Mm, Most yes, of the time yes. when you make a reference, they're going to get it. And if, it ha if one mm. out of 30 times they don't get it, it's probably pretty normal. And you just, if they're, if they're not mm. a good friend, you're probably like, oh, I'll get a load of this. Dick. But <laughs> if, they, if they are a good friend, then you just, you know, bring them up to speed. Yeah. Yeah, good point. I would say I just wanted to like highlight thing. that moment because it was yes, literally yes, what yes, we yes, were talking yes. about just happened. Yes. Oh wow, this is fantastic. I love this. This is very meta. Um, this is this podcast is very <laughs> meta. We're like discussing the podcast on the podcast. Like our converse, uh, our conversation is about our conversation. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> meta discourse. Yes podcast no what is it something exception i don't know what you could say it's podception uh, uh podception dialogue exception 
<laughs> the hell of deception. No, we see. Here's another thing. <laughs> We're making a reference to the movie Inception. The movie. And if you haven't mm-hmm. watched the movie, all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, this is right now we're three levels deep. Right now, you know what I mean? Oh my gosh! I'm but if, if you haven't crazy. watched, you haven't watched the movie, bang, reference gone. All yes, of a sudden, we yes, can't, yes, we yes. don't have this really nice moment where we understand each other and we find it amusing. Exactly. Instead, you spend the next ten seconds clicks. explaining. Yes, and if you have to constantly explain, then it doesn't feel as natural that's why having a conversation with a non-native speaker can be fatiguing because every time you want to say something in the most ah this is it this is it when you're speaking with someone who speaks the same language as you do with more or less the same proficiency that you do and the same kind of cultural knowledge that you do every time that you want to every time that you express yourself the first way that you're going to express yourself is the most natural way for you to express something Right. Mm. And so if you want to make a joke about Inception and you're speaking with another person who you are almost certain has seen this movie because it's an, it's yes, an American, yes, yes, right? yes, yes. you're going to make that reference and it's going to land most mm-hmm. likely. But mm-hmm. there are occasions when you're speaking with someone who, for example, if I'll use your language as an example again, you know, you speak Portuguese, Spanish, French, English to super high levels of proficiency, but you're speaking with someone who only speaks Portuguese from Brazil, let's say. Imagine yeah. in that particular moment, the the way which you want to ex- express yourself and feels uh, most, most yeah. authentic mm-hmm. to how you're feeling and what you're thinking and what you want to say. If that happens to be in the other language or with a cultural reference to the, which is attached to the other language, and you know it's not going to land because I don't speak that language, all of a sudden you have to suppress that urge and you have to come up with an approximate something different, something different, yeah. which is less authentic to you. And I think yes, that's, that's yes. the crux of the whole personality thing. Yes. 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 You're trying to find little channels. Like, Oh, you, you hit a roadblock. Like, oh, I can't use this. Okay. They're probably not going to understand. Okay. I have to go this way and you find a different way yeah. to express some, the same thing you want to say, maybe, not exactly the way you initially wanted to express it, but you find an alternative. Exactly. And this now I love that this is, this is why I love the podcast format because it's long enough for us to kind of, I, these are thoughts which I always have, but I never get the opportunity to kind of verbalize them with someone else and think them through and have a long time to, I love being able to do this. It's just so good. I love being here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Yay. Hey, but also this is, this is right. This is why this is now we're, now we're hitting the crux of language learning. And I, I, I love that we've got to this point because now I, now, now I can articulate why I learn languages. If we can now kind of appreciate the fact, and we've established the fact that learning a language is, allows a channel of communication, which allows you to maybe communicate more authentically with someone else or for them to communicate with you more authentically. Now that we've established that, I can say, that's why I learn languages. Mm. You have access to more people through an authentic channel where mm. we're not having to filter it through some non-natural pathway. Do you know what I mean? Just be able to give I'm it I'm right direct. there with you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that's right totally there with you. That's also the reason I love languages because um, it's just the most authentic way to communicate with people. You know, why opt to speak 
like a, a language that doesn't touch the heart of the person. You want to get to the heart of the person. You want to get to know them, you know, in their native mm. way, right? Um, yeah, it's like that Nelson Mandela Nelson quote. Mandela I keep quote. throwing quotes. <laughs> I, keep I know, I know that, that this and quotes. Mine as well. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, the speak to a That's man. Exactly. Speak to a man in a language he understands, and it goes to his head. Speak to a man in a in his own language, and it goes to his heart. It goes to his like heart. That. Mm-hmm. But yes, here's the thing. Normally, we're not deep enough in a conversation where we am warmed up enough to be able to communicate exactly what we want to say. So we fall back on a quote, which has articulated something quite well. But mm-hmm. really the quote is just this one snippet of a moment in time where someone kind of articulated something well, and it can conjure up the mm-hmm. image and idea quite effectively. But I think right now we've gone even further and we've got to yes. the underlying meaning of the quote. And now we're bringing mm-hmm. in the quote to kind of, kind of reinforce the idea, but really it's, the root of it is those channels. Those We're cha- creating channels, more authentic channels. Something like that. Of communication. <laughs> Definitely something like that. Yeah. 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 yeah I don't. I, I reckon there's no chance I'm going to be able to ask you everything I want to ask you. I have so many things I still want to ask you about. <gasps> uh, Maybe we have to do a part two. We could do a part do you know two. How long we've Maybe. Been for? I have no idea. I can check here. We've probably been going for a while, probably about an hour. Oh, from... we just hit we just hit ninety minutes. Did we? An hour and yes, this is an hour thirty-one. Mm. Maybe we have to do a part two. Would you be down for a part oh. two? Because I'm glad you asked. Yeah. <laughs> I would be happy I'll to tell do you part what two. I'm still like, <laughs> curious about. I wanna, sure. I wanna hear about um your experience studying in France and being in France mm-hmm. for that year. I also want to oh, hear about nice. your experience being in Guatemala. Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot I, about that. Yeah, I know about thanks to my very effective research slash stalking. <laughs> I, want to hear, I want to hear about what it's been like teaching on iTalk, iTalki and how you find that experience. Oh, 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 I will go to town on that one, mm-hmm. yes. I want to talk yes. with you about being in China, living in China right now. We haven't even got to that yet. Haven't um, touched You're learning Chinese. I want to talk about you and learning Chinese. Um, also, um, not just like why you're learning Chinese, but how you're learning Chinese and whether you're oh, like following yeah. the HSK framework and what you think of the HSK framework, mm-hmm. things like that. You can see how that's going to be a big topic as well. Oh and yeah. The other thing. We will need a part three. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> part two, at least. Like we're not gonna. At be least able, part this two. This is gonna at be least a five-hour podcast episode. Otherwise. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't mind. Yeah. Well, I I'm starving and I need to go to the bathroom by this point. Even though before, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> but um. Oh my gosh. Um, that, uh, another thing I want to hear about is you just approaching people on the street and chatting with them how much you do oh wow hi (laughs) yeah i didn't tell you that you're like how does ace know this stuff there's a there's an instagram post you made talking about the two uh uh security guards who you've chatted to oh yes 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 my buttons yeah yeah my favorite button so you can see there's i still got a lot of things i'm curious about so 
we can definitely continue this discussion in part two. There are okay. lots of things we can talk about. I, I reckon maybe what we'll do is we'll finish up this episode around about here and then okay. we'll do another one. Sounds good. But, but <laughs> before we do that, I reckon what might be fun is we, how about next time we like speak Spanish and Chinese and this time we like speak a bit of French and Portuguese together. Even though I don't speak Portuguese, sure. I just want to like see. Because okay. this is becoming okay, a bit of a thing at the end of my podcast episodes. I find what languages I have in common with the other people and we just jam for a little bit. So oh, okay. to everyone, everyone who's been listening on the podcast and watching on YouTube, thanks so much for being here with us. Um, right now, we're going to transition into different language modes. So if, you're, if you can only vibe Stay with tuned. English, that's, that's, that's going to be the English portion. But now I think we're going to jump into some French. How's that sound? French, because that's the one I'm. I can oui, probably. Ouais, le français c'est probablement la langue dans laquelle je peux m'exprimer plutôt bien. Ouais, mais avec l'espagnol, encore plus avec le chinois. Ah, ah bon? Mon mon niveau c'est toujours pas trop élevé. Il me faut beaucoup oh, de beaucoup de travail pour arriver à avec... exactement avec le français mm. par exemple maintenant je peux changer de langue directe et normalement ça va mais avec l'espagnol et encore plus comme j'ai dit avec le chinois je peux pas c'est vraiment difficile donc euh... j'arrive pas à trouver de bons mots ouais là maintenant euh, tu es à la fac et tu prends des cours en, 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 pas en, anglais, en espagnol et en chinois euh, Tu fais les deux en même temps ou tu fais quoi C'est comment C'est une histoire intéressante parce que j'ai commencé... Ok, okay. j'ai fait une licence en sciences. Ah ouais, c'est À la base, c'est ça que je fais. Mais en même temps, je fais un diplôme en langue, mais en chinois. Mm. Ah ouais, Mais il y a donc... une petite histoire derrière tout ça. C'est quoi l'histoire que... <rire> L'histoire, c'est qu'au début, je pensais que j'allais faire un diplôme en espagnol. Et mm. je l'ai commencé même. Je l'ai commencé et puis j'ai ah. changé d'avis. J'ai décidé que j'allais faire le chinois. Et maintenant, je continue avec le chinois. Mais ah. la, raison, la raison pour la raison pour laquelle ça s'est euh, produit est parce que je suis arrivé à un cours, au premier cours d'espagnol et je ne les aimais pas trop. Trop, je pensais que... Enfin, je pensais que je pourrais apprendre l'espagnol d'une façon autodidacte parce que je l'ai ah. déjà fait. Pour... En, en ah. fait, il y a plusieurs niveaux qu'on peut faire à mon université, à, à ma fac. Il y a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, et puis encore plus, je pense. Mais il y a... Tu peux entrer au niveau différent. Niveau 1, mmh. si tu es vraiment débutant, tu, tu connais rien. 3, si tu connais un peu les bases. 5, si tu, par exemple, si tu as fait l'espagnol pendant toute l'école secondaire au lycée, mm. si tu as fait ça, probablement t'entres au niveau 5 euh, mais moi, ce que je voulais faire 
c'est que je voulais apprendre l'espagnol d'une façon autodidacte pour que je puisse entrer directement au niveau 5. Ah, j'ai compris, compris. Alors, j'ai fait ça tout seul. J'ai appris les bases. Et puis, quand j'ai entré, au... quand je suis commencé, mm -hmm. je me suis rendu niveau compte... 5. Niveau 5. Mm -hmm. euh, je me suis rendu compte du fait que j'ai déjà, déjà appris tellement de choses à propos de l'espagnol tout seul. Et le cours, ça me plaisait pas trop. Alors, ah. pourquoi pas continuer d'étudier d'une façon autodidacte mm. et au lieu de ça, commencer une autre langue mm. oh, C'est intéressant ça. Pourquoi Mais pourquoi Il euh, euh, y avait quoi dans, dans ce cours que te plaisait pas ah. par exemple c'était c'était le prof c'était euh, les oh. textes c'était quoi déjà il faut que je réfléchisse un peu c'était c'était ennuyant ou pas parce que un toi peu, tu connais un peu en fait parce que les exercices qu'on faisait me plaisaient mmh. pas trop je un peu je pensais ah ça sert à rien de le faire Peut-être c'est oh, utile, mais en, en même temps, ça me plaisait pas trop. Alors, mm. pourquoi... Si, si ça me plaît pas beaucoup et je peux, je peux apprendre mm. la langue tout seul ouais. en faisant des choses qui me plaisent, pourquoi pas... Pourquoi pas... Continuer tout seul. Exactement. <rire> en même temps, le, le niveau des autres étudiants Là, là, était pas super. Et quand je, quand je, je commence, à, quand je rentre, quand je, j'entre, quand j'entre, euh, quand, quand je, je commence un cours, mm -hmm. ça sonne pas, pas bien. J'entre, entrer. Quand je entre, quand oh, je... Euh, au passé Non, 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 non. Quand, quand j'entre. Ah, normalement, quand, quand, quand j'entre je dans un cours. Quand j'entre. Ouais, quand j'entre. Dans... <rire> Mais ça a l'air bizarre. Quand je rentre. Quand je rentre. <rire> Quelque chose comme ça. Quand je commence un cours, euh... je veux que je sois la personne avec probablement à peu près le pire niveau dans la classe. Mmh. Parce ouais, que comme ça, ça. comme ça, tu t'améliores mmh. très, très rapidement. Ouais, exactement. Alors... Parce que... Ouais, alors les niveaux des autres étudiants n'étaient pas super. Alors c'est une autre raison. Enfin, il y avait un peu trop d'anglais dans, dans, dans le cours. J'aimais pas trop ah les bon, exercices. Niveau 5, pourquoi il y avait de l'anglais ouais, C'était bizarre. Et, ça, et le niveau euh, 6, c'était comment Niveau ouais, 6 Je ne l'ai pas fait au final. Parce que oh. je, je le faisais... J'ai fait... Enfin, ok. J'ai... J'ai pris ma... J'ai changé de, de parcours très vite. Alors, peut-être un peu trop vite parce que je suis allé seulement à... Je suis allé seulement à deux, je crois. Deux cours. Oh. Puis j'ai pris ma, pris ma décision. J'ai décidé que je voulais... Mm -hmm. J'en voulais pas. Et mm -hmm. puis j'ai commencé... Enfin, je pense que j'en ai fait un. Et j'ai commencé à avoir des doutes. 
Et puis, mm. je suis allé à des cours de chinois et je me suis dit, OK. T'as fait un coup de cœur, genre. Exact, ah, c'était ça. T'as dans les yeux comme ça. Ouais. <rire> et en, en, en plus que ça, il y avait aussi le fait que je savais pas trop, je, je savais pas du tout en fait comment apprendre le chinois. Alors, avoir un prof, avoir un cours, ça m'était très utile pour le chinois. C'était très utile pour moi. Mais avec l'espagnol, j'ai déjà appris une langue romaine. Alors, je mm. savais un peu, un peu ce qu'il faut faire pour apprendre une telle langue. Ouais. J'ai déjà appris beaucoup de choses tout seul. Je me suis dit, OK, l'espagnol, je peux le continuer tout seul. Le chinois, j'ai aucune idée de ce qu'il faut faire. C'est probablement mm. une bonne idée de faire le chinois. C'était mm. une meilleure langue d'étudier à la fac. Ah ouais. Non, je suis totalement, je suis entièrement d'accord avec ça parce que, bon, c'est une bonne question si, par exemple, est-ce que c'était mieux d'aller à la fac étudier une langue que tu ne connais pas trop ou est-ce que c'est mieux d'y aller euh, déjà quand tu as un niveau euh, C1, C2 Mais, euh... Toi, tu en penses quoi à mon avis, je pense que les bases, avoir les, les bases, euh, mm. si c'est ça ton but, je pense que c'est mieux d'aller étudier à la fac. Tu commences, tu as, t as, t as tout, toutes les bases mm. qu'il faut, puis tu peux continuer toute seule. Bon, moi, je, je, continue, mm. moi, je continue toute seule euh, avec euh, le chinois. Parce qu'au début, j'avais un prof. Euh, et bon, là, euh, ma situation a, a bien changé. Parce que là, pour avoir mon visa, il, faut que, il fallait que je me suis inscrite dans une... Euh, c'est un programme, c'est une université ici euh, à Shanghai. Et là, je suis dans un, un groupe, dans un cours avec huit euh, élèves. Et... Ouais, ouais, ouais. Donc, okay. c'est un cours de chinois. Ouais, ouais. Euh, mais comme on a déjà parlé, mon niveau de chinois n'est pas trop... Euh... <rire> 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 Moi, je suis le pire. Moi, je... Mon niveau est le pire dans, dans la dans classe. La... C'est le pire. Tant mieux. Ouais. Tant mieux. <rire> ouais, ouais, non, moi, moi j'aime bien. Au début, ouais. je me sentais un peu gênée, genre, oh, j'ai pas l'habitude, mm. euh, c'est un peu. Mm. Mm. Mais honnêtement, je pense que j'ai pris euh, la bonne décision. Ouais, ouais c'est dur de le faire, mais en même temps, c'est bien de le faire. Tu vois Ouais, ouais, ouais. ouais. C'est <rire> un peu gênant au début. Euh... Parce que moi, je comprenais rien, mais rien de tout genre. J'étais dans la classe, genre, comme ça. Le prof <rire> me disait quelque chose, j'étais en mode, hein Que ça chauffe bien. Que ça chauffe bien. Ouais, 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 je connais. Ouais. Je reconnais là... cette situation-là. Je pense que ouais. tous les appreneurs de langue, <rire> on reconnaît ça. Quand quelqu'un te dit ouais. quelque chose, t'as eu aucune idée de ce qu'ils ont dit ou ce qu'il a dit aucune idée. ouais moi par exemple euh, moi là je suis en train de, de préparer pour euh, l'examen euh, HSK 5 
Ils se serait 5. Pas mal. Ouais. <rire> Mais, euh, honnêtement, je suis... Il euh, faut que je continue à me préparer parce que là, il euh, y a trop de vocabulaire que je ne connais pas. <rire> Quand... Grand-mère et tout. Combien de... Je ne sais même pas comment poser cette question. <rire> tu, tu, te pré tu te prépares pour euh, HSK 5. Mm -hmm. Mais il y a combien de caractères qu'il faut savoir Et tu en connais combien à ce point-là euh... C'est ça que je veux demander. Ouais. Moi, je pense que c'est euh, 3000. Non, euh, pour et, euh, HSK 5, je, il faut que tu... Il y a 2300 nouveaux mots qu'il faut apprendre, mais au total, je pense que c'est 3000, 3000 okay. environ. Et t'en es où Là, j'ai aucune idée, moi. <rire> <rire> j'ai aucune idée. Euh, euh, là, à mon avis, je pense que j'ai le niveau 4. J'ai jamais pris l'examen. Le, ah, c'est en mais, première. Mais si... Tu commences avec HSK. Non, 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 non. Euh, ah. ce, ce que je veux dire, c'est euh, moi, je pense que mon niveau actuel est hmm. le niveau 4. 4. Genre, si je prends l'examen le, okay. aujourd'hui, je pense que je, je peux passer. Il n'y a pas de problème. Mais. 4. Mais pas le 5. Ouais, c'est le 4e, pas le 5e. <rire> ok, ok, cool. Je veux partager ouais. quelque chose quelque chose d'intéressant ouais. avec toi, ouais. ce que je fais en ce moment. Um, ouais. Ça, c'est mon Coban. C'est mon, oh. mon livre. Comment ça s'appelle en, en français Un livre, un Coban. C'est un cahier. Euh, c'est quelque chose que... Tu... Euh, non, c'est un euh, cahier de... Ou d'exercice de, ouais à peu près à peu près encore euh, ouais quelque chose comme quelque ça quelque chose comme ça ouais. mais euh, <rire> ça c'est le, le livre qu'on est censé étudier l'année prochaine ou cette enfin cette année l'année la, ah. scolaire qui va bientôt se passer c'est ça que je veux ah. dire euh, ah. mais je l'étudie maintenant, pendant mes vacances. Oh, c'est super ça. Mais c'est parce que quand j'ai commencé mon diplôme en chinois, j'ai fait chinois 1, chinois 2. Puis cette année, je suis censé faire chinois 3 et 4. Mais je n'en veux pas. Oh. Je ne veux pas. Ce que je veux... Pourquoi que... Ah, anyway... <rire> Parce que... Parce que... Parce que... Parce que je veux m'améliorer très vite. Très, très vite. Mm. Et... Mm. Ouais, en gros, c'est ça. C'est parce que je veux progresser vite. Alors, ce que je veux faire, c'est... Chinois 5 et 6 cette année. Alors, j'étudie... Je fais tous les exercices de chinois 5 et 4 pour que je puisse euh, enfin, recommencer ayant dépassé un année, une année, oh. un an. 
Euh, ah non. Oh, ouais. euh, c'est ça. Donc, hein, donc si j'ai bien compris, donc je, pense tu que vas... je suis mal exprimé vas... ça. Non, ça, si, si j'ai bien compris, je pense que euh, ce que tu vas faire, c'est tu vas étudier ce livre en avance. En gros, au lieu de faire chinois 3 et 4, je vais faire chinois 5 et 6 cette année. Et je ne je, 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 ah, je vais pas faire pas. chinois 5 et 4. C'est illuminé. C'est plus 5, là. Pour moi, c'est plus là. 5 et 6, ça veut dire HSK 5, HSK 6 Non, c'est juste le nom du, du cours ah, à ma ah, fac. Je connais ce système. Mais, oh. mais, mais c'est bien. C'est littéralement bah... le, le, le nom du cours à l'université de Melbourne. Oh. Par exemple, oh. ça ne correspond pas au niveau de HSK. Ah, d'accord, d'accord. Mais à mon avis, HSK, euh... <rire> niveau 5, même niveau 4, et niveau 1. Ah. Euh, J'ai vu, vu euh, sur Internet que HSK 6 égale en... Je pense que c'est C1. C'est pas C2 en fait. C'est plutôt mmh. C1. Ouais, je l'ai lu aussi. Ouais, ouais, ouais. Ça correspond pas directement. Non. Mais est-ce que tu sais déjà Ils vont changer, vont changer ouais. le système. Ouais, ouais j'ai entendu. Dès maintenant, je... euh, de... il, va... il va avoir plus de niveaux, je pense. Ça va être oui, tranché. De... Ça va aller jusqu'à... Euh, ça va avoir 9. plus de tranches. Hein? Mm -hmm, plus de tranches. Ça va... Euh, au lieu d'avoir six niveaux, euh, ils vont avoir neuf. Neuf, ok. Neuf. Uh -huh, Et aussi, il y aura... à chaque niveau, à chaque niveau, tu dois apprendre... Enfin, en total, une fois que tu as atteint niveau 6, je pense que t'es censé avoir appris une telle chiffre de caractères et mots. Mais, mmh. avec le système actuel, c'est pas à chaque niveau, t'apprends pas euh, le même nombre. C'est pas la même taille. Comment dire <rire> À chaque niveau, c'est pas régulière. C'est-à-dire, à niveau 1, t'apprends T'en apprends 300. Niveau 2, 1000. Dans tel chiffre de caractère. Mais c'est pas régulier. À chaque, à chaque niveau, c'est. Mm. Ça s'agrandit au fur et à mesure. Mm. À chaque niveau, ça, ça devient plus dur. Il y a plus de caractères à apprendre. Niveau 1, 300. Niveau 2, 1000. Niveau 3, 2000. C'est pas, pas exactement ça, mais c'est plus ou moins la di direction de... Ça augmente à chaque niveau. Mmh, ça augmente à chaque niveau. Mais je pense qu'avec le système, euh, le avec le nouveau système, je pense que chaque niveau va... Tu, tu sais, j'ai commencé, commencé à... Je l'ai fait l'autre jour aussi. J'ai commencé à dire, j'ai commencé à dire, va à avoir. Ah, ah 
parce que on va avoir... en, es en espagnol ah... c'est un peu ça... je mélange les langues là ah... ouais non c'est <rire> ouais. c'est drôle t'inquiète 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 bon. parce que moi je suis pareil moi <rire> moi je suis pareil je... mais c'est c'est un, le... un truc plus plus que t'apprends des simples c'est le futur proche mm. c'est littéralement la, la première chose qu'on apprend enfin oh ouais. je pense que c'est la première proche. chose que j'ai apprise à peu près bah, proche. en espagnol euh, non enfin en, probablement le 2 mais en français oh. je pense que c'est une des premières choses qu'on apprend mm, ouais. le futur proche mais maintenant je commence à mélanger l'espagnol et le français alors je commence à dire va à avoir <rire> ah. va mais c'est censé être va, ça, va avoir hein? va avoir ouais ouais, ouais c'est ça ouais ouais va avoir ouais uh -huh. c'est nul uh -huh. nul euh, va, <rire> va à tenir va à tenir va à bailar va à... exactement non mais, mais t'inquiète parce que moi je t'ai déjà dit je suis un peu gêné quand, plus que t'apprends des, des langues plus que tu mélanges toutes les langues ouais ouais mes amis ils sont là comme ah regarde le camp il a dit, euh, c'est une blague, c'est une blague parce que ils connaissent que j'ai un bon niveau, mais c'est plutôt drôle que c'est drôle parce que tu atteins un niveau suffisant pour t'exprimer dans à peu près n'importe quel domaine. Tu peux dire ce que tu veux, ce que tu veux dire, mais parfois ça t'arrive d'oublier comment conjuguer un simple. Une chose simple quoi. Enfin, ouais. On commence, euh, ouais. On finit par euh, oublier euh, des trucs ou mm. des mots parfois. Ça, ça nous arrive. Ça nous arrive. Ouais, c'est ouais. ça. C'est ça. Ça arrive. J'ai dit, dit tout à l'heure que j'ai pas fait une session d'études active du français depuis un an et demi à peu près. Mais quand même. Mais quand même, tu vois. Euh... Mais ce que je veux dire, je pense que. C'est ça qui t'arrive quand t'as pas passé de quand t'as pas passé du temps avec la langue comme ça, ça t'arrive d'oublier mmh. quelque chose simple. Oui, mais c'est à mon avis c'est au début parce que ça fait euh, que dix minutes qu'on parle en français, mais mais si tu continues à parler pendant un jour, deux jours, une semaine, deux semaines, ça va tout revenir, il n'y a pas de problème. C'est comme chauffes. on a, on tu a déjà... Réhabitue. Ouais. Réhabitue. Ouais, habitué. Exactement. C'est ça. Ouais, c'est habitué. Ouais, ouais. Donc, de, moi, à mon avis. Donc, t'inquiète pas, t'inquiète pas. Parce ah, que ouais. moi, je... même okay. avec l'espagnol, le portugais, n'importe quelle langue, il faut que tu réchauffes un peu. Ouais. <rire> 10 minutes. Bon, on s'en fiche. Ça, ça suffit pas. Oh non, on s'en fiche. Donc, je... Mais 10 minutes, ça ne suffit pas vraiment de, de sentir ça. Non, mais en même temps, c'est totalement normal. Ouais. Normal. Ah, je, voulais dire, je voulais dire quelque chose, mais j'ai oublié. C'était quoi Ça m'arrive souvent aussi. <rire> tu sais, ça, c'est normal. Dans n'importe notre... quelle langue, ouais. même en anglais. J'ai mais... pris quelques, quelques, quelques petites notes. Alors qu'on parlait pour que... J'oublie pas ce que je voulais demander plus tard. Ah, C'est pour ça que j'ai... Les, les questions pour la, la prochaine fois. Ah ouais, non, 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 non. 
C'était ouais, une bonne idée. Oui, ça. pour la, pour la prochaine fois aussi. Ouais. 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 Euh, quoi d'autre Ah, oh, j'oublie, j'oublie de dire quelque chose. C'était par rapport à. Peut-être dernière quoi. chose, et puis je mange. Je pars Ouais, <rire> moi aussi. J'ai toujours mon café là. Je n'ai pas encore fini mon café. Mais. Euh... Ah Oh, j'ai une question. Euh, Est-ce que tu as remarqué que les Français, souvent, ils font quelque chose comme ça Genre, ils parlent et il euh, y a des, des moments où ils, ils, ils posent. Et avant de continuer à parler, ils font un bruit comme ça. Genre, genre bon. Euh... Est-ce que tu as remarqué ça hmm. C'est subtil, mais... Par exemple, moi je, vais, moi, je vais parler de mon café, puis... Euh, bon, je bois... Peut-être. Euh, peut comme ça. C'est une de ces petites choses qu'on remarque. Seul, on ne remarque que si on, on fait gaffe, si on fait vraiment ouais. attention. Ouais. <rire> ouais, c'est ça. Il y a ça, et il y a aussi quand tu... Quand tu n'es pas sûr de quelque chose, tu fais un bruit avec ta bouche, comme genre, genre je sais pas. Ah oh, ouais, ouais, pas. ça je connais ça. Ça, c'est... Ça... C'est toujours... J'ai commencé toujours à faire ça. Ouais, oh. quand j'étais à Paris, j'ai commencé à faire ça. <rire> et, et quand je suis... Re... Ouais, bah... Là, je ne fais pas trop parce que... En anglais, que... je pense que ce serait un peu impoli de le faire. Ouais, c'est super ah. impoli. C'est super impoli aux États-Unis. Ouais, mais en France, c'est normal. Donc, je dis ça parce que je me rappelle quand, ouais, exactement, quand, je, quand je suis en, en, rentrée aux États-Unis, euh, j'avais déjà <rire> cette habitude de faire. Ah oh, non donc... Ah non <rire> Donc, je me rappelle toujours les, les regards. Énorme <rire> Énorme <rire> Regardez en mode, euh, tu viens de faire quoi là, Jean C'est ça, c'est ça, ça, une des trucs, un des trucs culturels. Ouais. Ouais, ouais, parler. Ouais. Maintenant, ouais. il faut, il faut, il faut toujours changer de comportement, changer de comportement ouais. pour ouais. qu'on soit bien au endroit où on est. Exactement, exactement. C'est des trucs que tu On en a déjà dit, on a déjà parlé de, de ça. Et par exemple, si je, je fais aux États-Unis, ouais. c'est super impoli. Euh, en France, non. Euh, mais mmh. avec chaque, chaque culture a euh, ses propres, propres gestes et tout ça. Quoi que ce soit, ouais. ouais. Là, j'ai arrêté de faire ça avec ma bouche et comme ça, mais j'ai commencé à faire des trucs euh, chinois, genre... Euh, comme quoi S'il y a quel hein? quelqu'un Les... qui, qui m'appelle, je disais, ouais, ni un, un, Ouais, je fais <rire> ça. Ouais. Et, et... Je reconnais ça. J'ai même... Là, tu connais ça? Genre, oh, 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 oh. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Et même euh, commencer quand, quand je quand je ris, quand ça, je, je, je fais quoi là J'ai pas cette habitude de, de couvre ma bouche comme ça quand je rigole. Euh... Ah, ça c'est ah, quelque chose de différent aussi. Ouais. Cool. C'est tellement différent. Cool. Donc je sais que t'as faim, donc je te laisse manger. Moi aussi j'ai ouais. faim. Je veux pas partir, mais en même temps, je veux pas mourir de faim. Mais je veux <rire> il faut qu'on... Euh, non, non, c'est pas... On organise une autre euh, fois. Je... Bien sûr. Ouais, 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 Obligé. Ouais, c'est... T'es censé. Je, moi, je te, je te laisse pas le choix, ok <rire> D'accord. Mais ça, ça fait du bien de te parler en français parce que vraiment, ça fait plaisir. Vraiment. Pour moi aussi, ça fait plaisir. Ouais, ouais. ouais c'est toujours un plaisir parce que même si j'essaye d'interagir avec la langue... Quand... C'est pour ça que je pense vraiment que c'est le temps pour moi de partir, d'aller de... partir, aller en... là, maintenant. Ouais. À part le... la pandémie là, où... <rire> ça c'est un problème, mais ça fait hyper plaisir de parler dans la langue et je sais que je pense que peut-être un des moments dans lequel je m'amuse le plus dans ma vie, c'est probablement à une soirée quand il quand y, a, y a beaucoup de monde, mais beaucoup d'étrangers. Par exemple, des, ouais. des personnes avec lesquelles je peux parler en français pendant la soirée. Et j'imagine qu'être qu en France, ce serait ça tout le temps. Ouais. Je pense tout que ce, temps, serait, tout le temps. ce serait la fête. Mm -hmm. la il, il faut que tu sois... Un... Je rigole. Euh, non, t'as dit quoi, t'as dit quoi Teuf. Il faut que tu sois euh, un... Pas une fille au père, mais un, un au père. C'est ça que t'as fait, non Ouais, c'est ça que j'ai fait. Et c'était un, un défi, mais ça m'a beaucoup aidé. Ou bien, bon, t'as pas besoin d'être euh, au père, mais c'est quelque chose comme toi. ça. Ouais, okay. euh... Je te pose des questions la prochaine fois sur, sur ça. D'accord, d'accord. D'accord. Ok. Ok, alors bon, je vais euh, arrêter on... de filmer et d'enregistrer l'audio et okay. tout ça. Mais avant de partir, on okay. n'est pas anglais, obligé ou... de partir directement... Tu vois Non, non, non. Ouais. Ouais, ouais, ouais. Quelques minutes après. Ok. D'accord, d'accord. Euh... Ciao tout le monde. Merci euh, d'être là. Et ciao. <rire> ciao, à la prochaine fois. <rire> à la prochaine. Ok. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed listening to that episode. That's, uh, that's all for today. If you want to go check Sophia out, go have a look in the podcast description and the show notes or whatever you want to call that that part of the the podcast and uh i'll make sure that i've got links to sophia's social media so that you can go check her out and of course you can find me across all social media platforms too uh using the handle at official and i'll put that in the description too Alrighty, dudes catch you in the next one